Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now it's Superior Sports Talk with CARE 11 sports anchor Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman. It's 30 minutes every day, and it's all the Minnesota sports you need. It's Superior Sports Talk, and it starts now. Back at it, another episode, Superior Sports Talk, presented by Lockdown Sports Minnesota. It's your daily 30-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports, which you can now find streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Just look out for our Lockdown Sports Minnesota app there as well. That's Reggie Wilson on Twitter, at TV. Thursday, Reg, Wolves with the dub over the Thunder, 1-0. Should we just crown them now? NBA champs, can you feel it? It's coming. No. No, let's let's not do that. You're uh, not there yet. Did you did you see the game last night? We're, we're hey, not hey, 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 whoa, 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 we'll break it all down. Lots to get into. But first, remember, follow along Lockdown Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button, leave us a comment, and on Twitter, give us a follow. It's at lockdown min. And remember, we're a podcast too, free and available, all platforms, Spotify, Apple, you name it, we got it. Tons of great choices over there. You got the Ron Johnson show, you got the football party and more, your one-stop shop with endless Viking stock with local experts. Do us a favor, hit the subscribe button and drop us a five-star review. Speaking of YouTube, every day, posting a new poll, Locked on Minnesota YouTube community page. Yesterday, I asked fans to predict the win total for the Wolves, different groups of win totals up there as options. The winner, 47%, was they're going to win between 52 and 56 games. Second place, 22%, 47 and 51 games. Remember, they won 46 games last year, but obviously far higher expectations this time around. And remember, too, Vegas had them winning 49 wins. That was their over-under, which I thought was kind of interesting. We went over our predictions yesterday, Reg. They seemed to match up pretty well with what the people think here. And from what we saw last night, high expectations for this season. They get the dub. We'll break it all down. But so far, so good. Yeah, yeah. I I would tend to agree with the people, man. I, I think the people have a good pulse of what's going on. And I would I would tend to agree with them. 52 to 55. Mm-hmm. Win total, you know, last night they had some lulls, you know, they looked like the Vikings a little bit, but, you know, <laughs> you would hope that with this group, with this unit, they'll figure some things out. But uh, so far, uh looks like Rudy Gobert is trending towards becoming a fan favorite. Yeah, remember, go check out the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube page every day. Again, posting a new poll over there. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss a beat and go comment. Let us know what you think. All right. To basketball we go. T-Wolves take down the Thunder last night in the backyard at Target Center, 115-108. And if you're just looking at the box score the next day in the paper, at first glance you're thinking, okay, all good in the hood. But then when you look a little closer, oh, snap, they were up 13 at half and then tied Mm -hmm. going into the fourth. They were actually down six at one point in the third quarter. You're thinking, oh, no. Here we go again. They're not going to do this thing where they get these massive swings in games up big early and then let teams right back into it later on, are they? Reg, what exactly happened in that third quarter that you saw why they weren't able to put the Thunder away and instead kind of let them right back into it, giving fans some major anxiety and PTSD after what we went through last year? Yeah, and the fans let them have it too. I was sitting uh, in front of this guy 
with his lady and he was letting them have it. I was like, dude, you screaming all up in my ear is not going to get their attention. Okay. Like he was just, he was super frustrated, just yelling all up in my eardrums. Okay. And I'm like, I get it. It's okay. Like I even heard boo birds last night. There were people booing mm. last night, you know, as, as Dalvin Cook sat courtside live with Sasquatch yesterday, like people Dang. were, people were upset. You know, it was, it was almost, I thought Sasquatch was going to get up and, and start stomping around uh, after a while. I think the problem happened in the third because they couldn't buy a bucket, dude. Like they were, you know, we saw clank after clank after clank. Anthony Edwards putting the shot up. Nope. Jalen Noel. Nope. Uh, D'Lo. Nope. Cat. Nope. You know, there was a time where Cat, you know, in the in the fourth, there was a time when Cat got a three to go, kicked his leg out, tripped the guy, and they called an offensive foul on him. It was that kind of a night for the Wolves. And so it was interesting to see because it – you saw them get up by this by this big lead, and they went into halftime, as you said, with the 13-point lead. And then I want to say it was something like a 27-5 run that the OKC Thunder uh, went on, and it just evaporated like that. And you're just like, how the heck did this team get down six points? And then they battled back in the in the at the end of the third. Rudy hits the the floater. You know, they thought it was a three. I was like, it's not a three. I think his foot was on the line. He hits the floater to beat the buzzer to tie the game up. And, you know, there was some time where they were kind of exchanging some haymakers in the fourth quarter, but it really didn't feel like the Wolves were going to lose their grip, and they didn't. Uh, D'Lo hit some big buckets down the stretch, and they were able to put it away. But, man, that was that was interesting. I remember sitting there, you know, in game – what was it, game – Two game three, no game two, of the the Memphis Grizzlies series where they went up by a bunch on Memphis and then Memphis was able to battle back and not only lose the deficit but gain the lead and they ended up winning the game and it was just like wow like you took all of the air out of the arena and last night was one of those nights but it, it was weird because. Like, as good as the Thunder played down the stretch, you just didn't feel like they were going to eventually win the game because the talent that they have is okay, but I don't think the talent was good enough to to really overtake the Wolves with the talent that they have. Like, you know, I love me some Lou Dort, you know? Like, he's a player. But he, him coming down jacking threes is not going to be the answer for this OKC team. Now, I will say... Shay Gilgis Alexander, my goodness, seeing him play in person was a delight. Like, it was a delight to watch. That dude is nice. His game is nice. And he was a big reason why they were able to come back. He was hitting some big shots yesterday, and he was a catalyst for that run that they went on. And he is as advertised. Like, if the Wolves had one of him, like they be they be really cooking with some gas, but I, I think you know you have to respect your opponent anytime you play in the league, and you know you have some lulls like they had, and 
the other team is an NBA team as well, and they have the capabilities of coming back, and that's what happened last night. Thankfully for the Wolves, they were able to withstand the body blows and and knock them out in the end. Yeah, Cat and Ant combined six for 27 from the floor, and just the entire team kind of had trouble finishing on the rim. It's early. We knew the whole thing would be a work in progress. But the last thing you wanted to see is any resemblance of how that team played last season with those roller coaster swings back and forth, especially letting teams rally big back late in games. Good news is, though, they came out on top in large part to who? Rudy Gobert led the way 23 points, 16 boards, seven of those 16 boards, offensive rebounds. And you love, love, love to see him get involved so much offensively, right? Taking 15 shots. That was more shots taken than any game for the Jazz last season, and he does it in his first game as a T-Wolf, despite playing next to guys like Cat, Ant, and D'Lo. And speaking of Cat, the Twin Towers, they flashed some highlights too a little bit. Cat lobbing up a few splash plays to Rudy in the paint. He put those down with authority. Thoughts on Rudy's debut in Minnesota, what you saw when him and Cat were on the floor together during some stretches of that game. Look, man, Cat thinks he's a guard. You know, like he's like a seven foot guard out there. And, and Rudy is just a, a guy that kind of helps him be that guy that he wants to be, which is a guy who can step out from three and, and pop one. And he's out there throwing oops to, to Rudy. And you know what's interesting is, is I see that play being there all season because you have to respect Cat's ability to finish at the rim as well. And if you draw in on him, He's going to toss it right up to Rudy and let Rudy dunk it down. And I think that was a, that was something that I think is going to be something that really continues to work for them this season. And I think as they continue to get their chemistry together, I think they'll continue to, to you know, groove into this thing. The, the interesting part is, is Cat was not really playing near the post much at all last night. He was standing at the perimeter. You know, I, I, he only drove into the, the rack maybe two or three times. You want to continue to see Cat be aggressive and attack the rim. But I think with Rudy being there, I don't know if that's something that he wants to do while Rudy is out there. Now, there are times where Rudy is on the bench and Cat is the only big out there. And I think that's something that, Cat is going to have to take advantage of when he's the only big out there on the floor to attack the rim. A lot of fans were calling for him to do that. But, you know, Cat, I think, doesn't necessarily like to get in there and get dirty with guys. I think he likes to step out, pop that three, stay around the perimeter, if you will, and then let Rudy kind of do some of the dirty work. That being said, Rudy looked dominant last night. He's blocking shots. He's getting boards. You know, there were times last year where the Wolves couldn't buy a board. Rudy's up there gobbling them all up. A, a season, a, 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 it was a high in rebounds for a debut player for the Wolves with 16 of those boards last night. And it, it was a beauty to watch. Like, he went to work. He was a consummate professional. And I think fans can respect that. And fans really enjoyed that last night. Like, they enjoyed his play. Every time he came off the court, it was, Rudy, Rudy. Like, it was it was a scene at Target Center last night. I think everybody wondered, like, how would this work for the Wolves? Like, 
I think you saw right away how this works for the Wolves. And I think we're in for a treat with Rudy Gobert being there. They're only going to get better. They're only going to gel better and, and do more things out there on the floor together. But so far, Rudy looks like he was worth what they gave up. Yeah, remember, Rudy was known for being frustrated with his lack of like offensive involvement in Utah. So to see him put up more shots than he did all season with the Jazz last year, he scored the first bucket for the Wolves of the season. That's kind of cool. You knew it was a Rudy night, too, when he hit that 22-foot floater to end the third quarter, as you mentioned earlier. Love to see it. Jaden McDaniels, a lot of hype as kind of a breakout guy this season as the fifth man on this team. He led the way with the best plus minus of the team with a plus 14 just ahead of Rudy, who had a plus 13. But how about the bench and roll guys here, Reg? Jalen Noel led the depth with 13 to Sean Prince with 11. Just any just quick observations that stuck out about how Chris Finch used his depth and that rotation of guys. Remember, is it going to be groups of two? Is it going to be all four on court at the same time? Any observations from Chris Finch, how he used his players throughout the game? Well, for one, I think in game one, early sample size, Jaden McDaniels is going to be a, a, a guy. I think Love he's going to be someone who who is like an X factor out there. As he continues to develop that corner three, that's going to be open for him probably on a nightly basis. And so you're, you want to see him continue to knock that down. <clears throat> I don't know what's going on with my voice. <clears throat> You want to continue to see uh, Jaden McDaniels knock that three down, but he's a dude that gets in there and does that grunt work, man. He's in there fighting for loose balls, like fighting for rebounds. And then there were a couple times last night where he just straight up dunked it on you. Do something about it. You know, he ended the game with the exclamation dunk last night as well. He looked like a guy that, you know, they lost Andrew Wiggins, and he didn't really – looked like he was into the game a lot and then you see him go to Golden State and now all of a sudden you see him playing with confidence he's knocking down shots he's you know in there on effort plays and he looks like a totally different player I think Jaden McDaniels Jaden McDaniels is going to fill that type of a role with the Wolves and he's going to continue to be uh, strong on the defensive end and he's going to continue to fight for every possession on offense and I think that's something that the Wolves are are probably excited about last night. Like his plus minus last night, that's outstanding. And you mm-hmm. could see it happen while he was on the floor, like in real time. The dude looked good last night. Now, I will say, you know, with the bench, it was interesting to me that Austin Rivers really didn't play last night. I think Finch is still trying to figure out his rotations, but it was Jordan McLaughlin off the bench as the first point guard you know, in for D'Lo. And I thought that was interesting last night. I was like, hmm, like Austin Rivers just continued to sit on the bench. And I think as time goes on, you know, Austin Rivers at Media Day talked about how he really wants to be known for his defensive prowess. But you know that Rivers can get in there and direct the offense and he can knock down shots when he needs to. And so I think as time goes along, he's going to continue to see more of the floor. I think Finch is going to continue to figure out how to make this thing work and figure out his rotations. He's got quite a few guys out there that he needs to figure out what their role is going to be. But so far from the bench, like, you like what you saw from Jalen Noel. He did go a little bit cold in the third quarter, but who didn't in that third quarter Mm -hmm. on the Wolves' side? But Torian Prince, there was a, a point where 
he was four for four from the field, three for three from three at one point yesterday. He finished four, uh, four for five, but Torian Prince looked good as well off the bench last night. They didn't use Nas Reed. You saw them kind of use Rudy and Cat interchangeably uh, at times when they weren't on the floor together. It was either one or the other was out there, and so that kind of made Nas Reed um, not get any playing time last night, which was kind of interesting to see, especially with how strong of a preseason he had. You thought that maybe he would get a little bit of run. Um, but but I think, you know, as far as as far as the, the stat sheet goes, you know, slow-mo Kyle Anderson, he played 22 minutes, but he only took two shots, didn't score any points. Six uh, boards, though, baby. The crafty vet. Yeah, hey. I love him. They'll, I they'll love take him. that. They'll take that. Mm -hmm. uh, Brent mm -hmm. Forbes, his first shot attempt <laughs> last night was blocked uh, by Darius <laughs> Baisley. So that was that was interesting. Uh, he went 0 for 2 from the field, but he only played in three and a half minutes. So, you know, that was fine, I guess. Um, but but so far, the, the bench, I think the bench is going to be better than most thought that it would be because of all that they gave up in the trade for Rudy Gobert, but credit to Tim Connolly for being able to bring some guys in to to really complement and supplement the starting five. And I think it should work out pretty good as they continue to gel. They'll they'll find their rhythm. Back to McDaniels just as we wrap up. Remember, he was one of those key pieces that the Wolves said, I, I can't, I cannot give him away. He's I, I can't do why. it. Yeah, I know I know you're asking for him in this big package. I'd rather give you another first round pick if I have to. I can't get rid of that guy. You know opposing teams are gonna do everything they can to slow down the big three and D'Angelo Russell. McDaniels is gonna have a lot of opportunities and he's gonna have to take advantage of them. So far, so good. Led the team again with the plus minus plus 14. Wolves host Utah Friday night when Rudy Gobert takes on his former team. It's going to be fun. He said, quote, it's all love from me. And quote, rest assured, Reggie and I will be back tomorrow to break more Wolves down. Coming up next, we're picking one Viking player we need to see more of coming out of the bye week and which 2023 free agent we would extend right now. But first, Vikes now 12-1 to win the Super Bowl after that 5-1 start. Two-game lead on the Packers in the division. Kirk Cousins? 40 to 1 to win the MVP right now. Make sure to keep tabs all season long and check those odds out and more with BetOnline, betonline.net. Fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Stats, news, info, you want it, they got it. NFL, MLB, NBA, even MMA and UFC, BetOnline makes betting easy and is your number one source for all your betting needs. Go to BetOnline.net today to learn more. That's BetOnline.net, where the game starts. And remember, when you subscribe to Lockdown Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. Sam and Ron talk football every day in the Ron Johnson Show. Reggie Wilson gives you a sports anchor's perspective right here on Superior Sports Talk. And the Minnesota Football Party brings together the top Vikings podcasters in the city. Subscribe to the free Lockdown Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcast. Drop us a five-star review or find our videos on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. And find us now streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Just download our Lockdown Sports Minnesota app. Enjoy all our content content and daily shows for free at your fingertips any day, anytime. All right. 
To football we go. We talked yesterday about the Vikes' possible trade scenarios with the deadline approaching. Flat out here, Reg, I'm just going to ask it. What's the deal? One to ten, are the Vikes going to land OBJ? Because it feels like Buffalo is like the odds-on favorite, but with the connection and ties to KOC, maybe it's not a pipe dream we all imagine. One to ten, what do you think? No, it's a it's a one. No it's chance. It's not going to happen. No shot. No, Kirk Cousins is still trying to get the ball to all the weapons that he does have, like – they when you talk about this team's needs receiver is very 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 low on the totem pole i remember when i was like banging the table for jameson williams they didn't mm-hmm. need him you know like as it turns out they got enough weapons like it it obj would be nice obviously but there's only uh, so many footballs to go around and i just don't see how that works in anybody's favor. Yeah, you got the connection factor going on. Quasey was in Cleveland, KOC in LA, even JJ at LSU. Plus, maybe most importantly, they're sitting at five and one, which nobody expected. So they may be changing their thought process about the season and say, should we be buyers right now? Should we be pushing more of our chips all into the middle of the table? Still, having said all that, you got to remember, OBJ coming off two ACL injuries two times in two years. Last time was just eight months ago. Is it really that realistic to expect the same OBJ now at this point? I think that would be kind of foolish. Reg, who's one guy you had maybe high hopes for this season that seems like he's just not playing as much as you maybe would have expected and need to see more of, or maybe he's playing, getting some snaps, but just not getting the ball or attention that you hope for. Who's one guy you want to see more of coming out of this bye week? Definitely KJ Osborne. I predicted Mm -hmm. that he would have a thousand yard season. And right now looking at the stats, 19 receptions, 177 yards, one touchdown. That's crazy. That, That lone touchdown against Detroit that ended up winning the game. I don't know what's going on. I know that it's not that he's not getting open, but it's interesting because I think what we've seen is when we have these these offensive lulls that we observe for the Vikings, like there are times where he just disappears. Like you just don't see Cousins like looking his way or, you know, when in in that Detroit game, he looked at KJ quite a bit. But mm-hmm. in these other games, it's just like, you know, I, I don't know. Is he not getting open? He locks, is he just not getting I, I open? I don't get I don't, it. I really don't think it's that. I just think that the offense, the way that it's flowing, sometimes it's just not flowing and getting the ball in his direction. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes Kirk is is locking in on Thielen or he's locking in on JJ or he's locking in on, on one of the mm-hmm. tight ends or something like that. His progressions, for some reason or another, just – don't necessarily take him to um, K.J. Osborne. It was interesting. Uh, one of the plays I saw, uh, Brian Baldinger breaking it down uh, yesterday. Baldy. Baldy's breakdowns. Uh, love yeah, him. I love it. He was uh, showing one of the plays where uh, Justin Jefferson got open, kind of in the flat, caught the pass, and ended up going down to like the three-yard line. He was diving for the end zone, but he got stopped short. And it was kind of like a clear out. You know, mm-hmm. Osborne and, and Thielen kind of went out there and, and cleared out and made way for Jefferson to catch the ball. So, like, if there are things like that going on where, you know, Osborne is just really kind of playing like a decoy, 
I think mm-hmm. that's a big reason why he's not necessarily getting as many of those passes as you would think. But I think, you know, it's still early in the season, only played six games so far. Like, I think there is time to turn things around. But it, it's interesting when you think of these offensive lows that they've had, why couldn't a guy like K.J. Osborne help them in some of those regards? Like, why couldn't a guy like K.J. Osborne get a little bit more involved in the offense, you know, KOC has all these plays to, you know, scheme guys open. Maybe he should try to scheme KJ open a little bit more because, you know, when the ball is in his hands, he can do some good things with it. It's just a matter of getting the ball in his hands. And, you know, targets are down, catches are down, yardage is down. He's only got one touchdown. You know, through six games last year, he had quite a bit more production um than he did now I had a sit down with him last year you know you're talking about you know the the walk-off touchdown that he had against Carolina and and all that good stuff like he's a guy that can contribute to this offense if you allow him to and so I think as KLC kind of goes to the drawing board and figures out how to sustain some of these drives a little bit better I think hopefully you want to see him kind of scheme up ways to get guys open more and and get more guys involved in the offense. Yeah, one thing we do know, he is clutch. Carolina game last year, Detroit game this year. But for all the talk about that 11 personnel, three wide receivers on the field, and what he did last year, 800 yards, a lot of expectations, certainly through these six weeks, not living up to those expectations. We know defenses are going to double JJ and force KJ mm-hmm. and Thielen to get open and win on one-on-one. And the one thing we know about Kirk He's not necessarily super aggressive into those tight windows. He wants to see that guy when he goes through his reading progression with a nice cushion there. He doesn't want to risk a lot of things. Interesting to see when we go back and look at the tape if these guys just aren't getting open or if Kirk's just maybe hesitant to pull the trigger in some tight windows early on in this new scheme. We knew it would take a while. I know this guy's been injured, so it's nobody's fault, but Andrew Booth Jr., if he doesn't start seeing the field soon, man, uh, now that he's healthy, I'm going to start pulling my hair out, man. I, I just love this kid coming out, and I just can't wait to see him finally hit the field and see what he can do to help this secondary start making some plays, spark a little bit of youth and rejuvenation, some fresh legs into that secondary and cornerback room. Brian Asamoa, he's starting to see the field a little bit more, third down packages. I'd love to see that. But give me some Ken Wangu. Major flashes last season on mm. special teams. Two kickoffs to the house last season as a rookie. You saw the 4-3 speed this guy has under the hood. Love Cook. Love Madison. I know there's only one ball to go around. But when I look at the lack of explosive plays from the running game. Yeah, I know Cook finally busted one. But just in general, lack of explosive plays in the running game. Why not just try to see what Ken A can do at this point? It's kind of like, what do you have to lose? Here's the top five to six free agents for the Vikings next offseason. You got Pat P, Garrett Bradbury, Irv Smith, Chandon Sullivan. Four starters, Alexander Madison. Then in a kind of a tier below, you got Nick Mullins, Greg Joseph, and Jonathan Bullard. If I were to tell you the team is going to extend one of those guys right now, which name would you be banging for the table? It's Dalvin Tomlinson. Mm. He has he has void years in his contract that he could become a free agent after this upcoming season or after this current season. And Very look, interesting. We've talked about Good it. call, Reg. Yeah, we've talked about him several times on this show. You know, he's still pretty young, 28. This season, 12 tackles, four assisted, two sacks, one forced fumble that that Harry picked up. 
he is right behind um right behind Zadarius Smith and Christian Darasaw in PFF and I know look we kind of treat PFF like the football bible but I mean why not man he has a 75.3 overall grade on PFF this season and it's just a guy that gets in there and does what he's supposed to do and he's a disruptive player along that line and so I think if that's if there's a guy that you're thinking about okay who do we extend you know if if we just had a chance to do it right now before you know things get too crazy I think as the season goes along he's just going to continue to be excellent at his position and so if you have a chance to extend him right now before you know that price continues to go up as fat joe said yesterday's price is not today's price i would do it just because like it seems like he is a great fit for this defense and what they're trying to do moving forward he played in a similar system in college at alabama and he seems to be really comfortable in Ed Donatel's system right now. And I think he would be a guy for me that I would extend clear, clear as day. Yeah, here you go. Take my money because you can do well with it. I trust you to do what you have to do for this team. And he's really one of those defensive catalysts that, you know, guys like him, you don't give him too much shine just because, like, He's in there doing some dirty work. The stats are not eye-popping or anything like that, but he does what he needs to do, and he's helping this this front seven out. Like, Zadarius has five-and-a-half sacks, probably because of some of the things that Dalvin is doing along that off- uh, defensive line that's allowing Zadarius to play free and get back there for those pressures, those tackles for losses, and those sacks. Vikes defense? They've flashed a little bit, but pretty inconsistent. Scary to think what they'd look like without Dalvin Tomlinson. He's been absolutely a force in the middle, teaming up with Harrison Phillips. Vikes enjoying a much-needed bye week. Remember, they come out, they take on Kyler Murray and a fresh DeAndre Hopkins in Week 8 in the backyard at the bank. Coming up, getting into some NFL draft scenarios, World Series predictions with what does it mean. But first, hungry, time for a midday snack. Grab a Built Bar. Built Bar made with collagen protein, easily digestible, and provides tons of health benefits. Each bar is just 160 calories, 15 grams of protein, packing the perfect punch of nutrition and taste. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar, and grab yourself a Built Bar. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKDOWN15, get 15% off your order, use promo code LOCKDOWN15. All right. Running short on time, only got time for one here, but I'm going to put Reggie on the hot seat real quick with what does it mean. First one up, World Series matchup is down to its final four contenders. San Diego versus Philly, tied up one-to-one. Houston taking game one over the New York Yankees last night. What does it mean when it comes to which teams have the best path to the title? Who's looking good right now in your eyes? Houston, man. Houston has everything that you could want. Like, shout out to Dusty Baker. Yeah, Verlander was vintage last night. (sighs) Shout out to Dusty Baker, man. He's Mm -hmm. been at it for a very, very long time. And he's been to to the mountaintop, couldn't get over the mountaintop in his career. Like, you're ready to see him actually get it done in his career. So shout out to the Astros, you know, doing it without having to bang those trash cans. (laughs) We (laughs) were... We uh we'll leave that one alone. But uh look, 
I thought that the Phillies were the hot team. You know, they they dumped the Braves. Like mm-hmm. you're like, wow, like this team is is it. But then you look at the the Padres. They dumped the the 110 win Dodgers that you thought was a team that was going to go all the way, especially with all those pieces that they have. Goodness gracious, funny for Freddie Freeman if he stayed in Atlanta. Going to L.A., either way, he's bounced out of the playoffs by one of these other teams. And so I thought that Philly could possibly run away with this series, but then the Padres come out yesterday and and tag their ace in that fifth inning, and you're like, well, 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 how mm-hmm. the turntables. And so I, I think that series might end up going seven seven games like that they're going to be in for a dog fight but i'm going to go phillies the padres um you know as a cardinals fan i i just i can't get with the padres man and their fan base has not been very nice to me uh this year so mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll see phillies houston being the world series and may the best team out of those two win yeah, Philly's certainly the hot team right now. I got a great, interesting, fun fact for you. I'm going to bust out tomorrow about the Phillies. You'll want to hear. That's a wrap today, though. Back tomorrow with the roundtable with myself, Ron Johnson, Sam Ekstrom, and, of course, my guy, Reggie Wilson. Remember, like, rate, review, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode with your 30-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports or a podcast, too. Free and available, all platforms. Subscribe. Drop us a five-star review and find us now streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Just look out for our Locked On Sports Minnesota app there as well. That's the man, Reggie Wilson on Twitter, at Reggie Wilson TV. Check him out every night up on CARE 11. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Special thanks to the producer, Matt DeBritz. Tune in tomorrow to the Roundtable, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing out. Be blessed. Spread love today.